in a time long since forgotten, Hattori Danzo was once what they called a gamer, deeply rooted in the world of video games. He foolishly turned his back on that world, but now has decided to return. Join him in restoring the blade. Hattori Danzo here. Welcome to episode two of Restoring the Blade. Uh, today, or this week's episode, is, and yeah, I'm doing them weekly right now just because of limited time, but I eventually would love to do them daily, so hang in there. Um, so, today's episode, or this week's episode, earliest gaming memories. Uh, this was actually supposed to be episode zero, but the, the Devil May Cry 5 hype just overwhelmed me and I had to talk about it, so that was episode zero. And I wanted to go on record making some predictions that I, I'm pretty strong, uh, I'm pretty confident in. Anyway, I wanted to do this because, you know, the nature of my podcast is uh, me being someone who was heavily into gaming, who spent most of his life gaming, kind of, as I say in the intro, turned my back on the world, and uh, it's been a few years, uh, more than a few years, and I want to get back into it. And so with this, I wanted to explore my roots, kind of like my past, to give people a little bit of, uh, shed some light on where I came from and how I developed my tastes and whatnot. So with that being said, the earliest experience I can think of is uh, one of I had one of those handheld electronic LCD games. My parents gave it to me when I was around five or six. I don't remember if it was something I saw and I wanted or if they just got it and was like, here, you should fucking like this. But I had it. And uh, if you don't know, it's they're like little plastic devices, little handheld devices. Uh, they had a calculator screen, for lack of a better word, to describe it. <laughs> and instead of like little digital numbers, the little black digital numbers, they had little digital characters, like if it was a human being or a person or a cat or a dog, whatever. It was animated very limitedly uh, on these screens. And uh, there was usually like a directional pad on one on the left side and a maybe two to four buttons on the right side of this handheld device. Anyway, uh, mine was a space shooter. The the and the, actually the handheld itself was shaped like the ship you piloted in the game, which I really thought was cool. Uh, I tried to I tried to find it on the internet, but my search skills aren't what they used to be. Uh, I turned my back on the internet once too. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going off of memory here, and it was a long time ago. So if you find this thing online at some point and I'm completely wrong about it don't hold it against me I'm just going off of memories now I am certain it wasn't a Tiger Electronics game <laughs> Tiger Electronics man they made these awful handheld versions of popular titles mostly console titles I think they did some arcade titles but uh yeah they were terrible uh 
the commercials are hilarious though if you go back to watch them uh or if you go watch them now wow just crazy it's the 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 ridiculous level of these commercials are amazing uh my favorite was the batman returns and also the virtual fighter commercials check those out anyway these tiger electronic games were fucking terrible oh my god thinking back on it i i, I remember being so disappointed as a kid because i fell for it too once uh they were barely similar to their respective like count, console counterparts uh and tiger electronics if anybody from that camp that still exists is listening to this which i doubt but if so i'm sorry but you know it's true and you made a ton of cash so you can't be upset about it and i fell for it shit when i saw ninja gaiden the version the portable version of ninja gaiden oh god i was like yes I played that shit and uh, basically wanted to windmill shuriken it into the garbage, but, you know, I would have gotten my ass kicked by my parents if I had done that. So it just basically, I think I may have get, given it to uh, one of my cousins or something. It made me look like a good guy. Anyway, back on to the subject at hand. <laughs> uh, oh, and to be fair, that I did play the NES version of the Ninja Gaiden before the lcd version which is far superior so space shooter you could move the spaceship back and forth between four or five positions on the screen you could move it from one of the bottom corners i can't remember if it was right or left but you could only from what i remember move it from one of the bottom corners all the way up to the corner at the top opposite to it what's that phrase uh caddy corner caddy corner and uh, the higher the position of the ship, the farther it went into the background, which thinking about that, that was pretty clever as far as how they showed depth and uh, uh, animation and movement. So that was actually pretty cool. What I remember about the gameplay is you had to guide the ship through asteroid fields like early on in the early levels. And uh, they varied in size. They were like really small. Then there was like a, you know, like a maybe two to three sizes up there'd be a medium and then after medium there'd be maybe some larger ones anything before like the medium size uh you could blast it with the ship's cannon you didn't have to just dodge it if you got into a tight space but if you try to shoot some one of them beyond the medium size boulders or asteroids that shit would get reflected back and blow your ship up if you didn't move uh <laughs> and thinking back to the cannon it was like this little squiggly line, like a little wavelength. Yeah, it was a little wavelength you shot at him. And it made this sound. <laughs> that was your ship's cannon. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Like I said, if you uh, shot at the big asteroids, the shot was coming back at you. So eventually, uh, enemy ships would come into the levels and they would fly in these like downward arcing patterns, stay, uh, staying above you and uh, drop bombs on you. So you'd be dodging their bombs and also uh, dodging the asteroids. Now, that's when it, the game got really frustrating is when you dodge a what you think a bomb is coming at you from the enemy ship right above you and you go to dodge and you either 
hit another random asteroid or, you know, you don't move fast enough and the you actually shot at the ship and a big asteroid reflects your shot back. Or the most frustrating, this is, I remember this being so frustrating, was the, you shot at the, well, like I said, you shot at the uh, enemy ship. You see the shot coming back because you, it reflected. You move to try to get in position to take another shot at it. And for some odd reason, it was just, I guess it was programmed to that game. It would just be faster than you, man. And there would be a bomb waiting on you. And thinking back, I imagine the pilot of that ship being Kinshiro from Hokuto no Ken or uh, Fist of the North Star. Him going, Omae wa mo shinderu. <laughs> or you're already dead. Anyway, that's I'm being stupid now. So eventually you got to the last level and <clears throat> you fought this giant mothership that was a hybrid between a pirate ship and a fucking spaceship. It was fucking stupid now that I think about it, but hey, whatever. It shot missiles at you. It launched enemy ships at you. And I want to say there were asteroids too. So that shit was epic as fuck. Final battle. And my little six-year-old brain conquered that shit. Uh, so, yeah. I remember loving that game. And that's probably my first... Uh, you know, I played that game, and I played it religiously. I took it everywhere I went. if To school. Anytime we had to get in the car and go somewhere. That game was with me. Uh, I eventually got bored with it, but I still remember it vividly. So... I guess most kids would have probably put it down at some point, like early on, but I didn't. I loved that game, and I, that probably was the first hint that I was a gamer. So the next uh, game that I remember, as far as the earliest gaming goes, it, uh, is going to be... Uh, Super Mario Brother, man. Super Mario Brothers, one the one of the classics, if not the classic, the game that saved gaming. Uh and that was my first console experience was the Nintendo Entertainment System. So I remember being at a cousin's house. Oh man, I would love to travel back in time and see my reaction to that shit. I was in love, I swear. It was like I remember just being amazed as fuck. It was on a TV, it was in color. Like, the, the, the actual game was in color. It had music. It had scenery. The character could move anywhere you wanted on the screen. Uh, two players could play the game. And mind you, I'd never been to an arcade at that point, so it was like fucking a new dimension for me to see this in existence. So naturally, uh, I asked for a Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers for whatever whatever the occasion was that I was going to get a gift, birthday fucking Christmas, I don't know, I had to get that shit, and, uh, I, I don't need to go into much detail about Super Mario Brothers, you guys know what's up, the Nintendo, the Nintendo Classic is selling like crazy, or had, did sell, I don't know what's going on with that now, but I remember that being the hottest item in the market for a bit there, but I will say, the coolest thing that I remember about Super Mario Brothers that's worth mentioning is all the little secrets and hacks. Uh, 
I figured some of them out on my own. I, I was young, but I learned a lot of them through like my older cousins and like older mates, classmates on the bus or at school. And it was cool how shit happened then. I'm sure the older guys had magazines, but I didn't know that. I always thought, man, how, the f how do they know this? How do they fucking know this? But anyway, there was one that someone told me that I could never do. And it, I, it, now, I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, it kind of frustrates me. And I don't even know if it's real. Someone might have been trolling me. <laughs> but it was, it was supposedly you could get fireballs as default Mario or Luigi. And uh, like I'm talking the little small version where if you run into something, you die. Supposedly you get fireballs as that version. And you had to apparently uh, jump on Bowser's nose uh, or something like that. And I remember trying that shit and trying that shit and kept getting frustrated because of getting the game over screen and having to go back all the way. I remember going and fucking doing that one hack where you jump on the turtle shell repeatedly and I got like 99 lives or whatever and just grinded and grinded on that or not even grind, just kept trying over and over trying to get these fucking fireballs as little Mario. And uh, I kept getting murdered and I just said screw it and I didn't think about it anymore. I should probably try to find out if it it's true now, actually. Since we have the internet. <clears throat> but, uh... After the Mario games, man, or after that, my cousins and friends, they would let me borrow games or they would just flat out give me games. And, uh... I mean, the Nintendo has a dear place in my heart. And, uh, the ones, the games that stand out in my mind are, uh... Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Tecmo Bowl uh, and Tecmo Super Bowl. Man, legendary, legendary. You, I can't. It's. I just think about the amount of time spent playing Tecmo Bowl with my cousins it was crazy. The fact that that car company, what was it, uh, Kia? They did a Tecmo Bowl theme commercial uh, recently, maybe a couple years ago. It had freaking Bo Jackson in it. And uh, Bosworth, Scott Bosworth was in it, uh, or one of them, one version. That should tell you how legendary that, that Tecmo Bowl is, or the fact that whoever works for the marketing department in Kia is a fucking Tecmo Bowl nerd. One of the two, right? Anyway, there's still Tecmo Bowl tournaments to this day all over the country. Uh, Tecmo Bowl was a hotness. And like I said, I remember my cousins and I, we played the fuck out of some Tecmo Bowl. And it got super competitive. I remember <laughs> I remember one of my cousins would lose his shit and he would bite, actually sink his teeth into the controller. And they were like little teeth prints on my fucking controllers, on his controllers when we went to his house. It's like, man, come on, dude. But uh, that series made football epic as fuck. It probably made me play football, to be honest, like real in real life. But thinking back, it took a combination of hand-eye coordination skills and basically if you had to be psychic to uh, get those blitzes, you know, on the screen where you choose the plays. And you could you chose, on the, in the first take, my boy, you had like four plays, I think, you could choose from. Yeah. Uh, anyway, epic shit. Oh, and also, I just remembered Tomonobu Itagaki. The man responsible for resurrecting Ninja Gaiden 
on the Xbox, which is one of my absolute top-notch favorite games that has ever been created. And he brought us Dead or Alive. He he was on the Tecmo Bowl, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl team, development team. I forgot what his position was, but he was there for it. So, yeah. Speaking of Ninja Gaiden, Ninja Gaiden and Ninja Gaiden 2. Oh, man. These two games were probably my favorite NES games until I moved up into the other, to the next console, which was, I think was a Sega, is what I went to next. Uh, it should be noted, I love ninjas. Fuck, my name's Hattori Danzo. So, there you go. I've loved ninjas since childhood, since the 80s, man. Uh, so... The first Ninja Gaiden was one of the first, if not the first, games to use the cinematic sequences. It's either, it's uh, Tecmo Bowl's in the running for that too. It had little cutscenes, whenever you'd score a touchdown, throw this really epic pass, or get an interception. All you'd have these badass cutscenes, animated cutscenes, eh, very limited animated, but they were very intense for the time. So Ninja Gaiden told the story this way. Uh, Oh, the original Ninja Gaiden's initial cutscene, the intro cutscene, that music. Oh, man. I'll put it like this. I probably think about that cutscene. Since first seeing that cutscene as a kid, I probably still think about it at least once or twice a month at some point in some kind of situation. It's it's just that legendary. And then part two had an equally, if not better, cuts intro cutscene. But, uh... Anyway, the music was amazing in Ninja Gaiden. Holy shit. I even think they re-released all the stuff on vinyl. Uh, I know I listen to it on uh, YouTube regularly. I need to try to get those vinyls. I think they're crazy to get, though. Anyway, uh, the gameplay was, you know, it was a side-scroller platformer. Side-scrolling platformer. He had a katana. You had sub-weapons, sh shurikens, uh, windmill shuriken. You could have, you had this fireball uh, attack, well, not even attack, you would have a circle of fire around you. It's all kind of blurry now because there were three games, but I didn't, I remember not liking three that much, but one and two were amazing. But basically, it was really hard. It was really, really fucking hard. Like, uh, the hardest thing I remember is if you got to the final boss, if you died, you had to go back to the beginning of the level and get back to him. And the level was not easy. Lots of death traps, lots of enemies, lots of cheap deaths. So, regardless, legendary game. If you can play that on your Nintendo Classic, play that shit. One and two. Fuck it, play three. I might try to play three. And then, uh, let's see, what else comes to mind? Speaking of hard, Contra was the first hard game I played. Like, difficult to fucking play game. Or have fun with, anyway. Uh, I think you started the game with two lives and you played as oh, my cousin and I played this you could it was like a guy you're a guy with a gun uh, and you can get upgrades to your gun and you're fighting aliens and soldiers and you get hit with one bullet or one something you're fucking dead and you had two lives but then someone bestowed upon my cousin and I the Konami code. Let's see. I think it was up, up, left. Let's see, no. Left, left, right, right, up, up, down, down, now. 
Up, up, down, down, left, left, right, right. B, A, select, start. I think that's it. And that code would give you 30 lives, which is more than enough to beat the game back then. And we bitch slapped Contra after that. <laughs> but Contra was fun once you got the code in there. Uh, what else do I remember? We played the fuck out of Super Spike V-Ball. That game was fucking fun. I didn't give a shit about volleyball. I may have not even heard of it before I encountered this game. This was like the next addiction between my cousins and I after Tecmo Bowl. If we got burnout on Tecmo Bowl, which was rare. Uh, you had your standard two-player versus and two-player co-op. But you could they stepped it up a notch. You could do four players, dude. Four people could play this game with the multi-tap at the same time. Uh, the music was good. The sound effects were on point. But my favorite thing about that game that I remember was spiking on motherfuckers. When you spiked, it was super dramatic. You would knock dudes back on their asses. And it made like this really intense light explosion sound. It was super cool. But they could still, like, even if, I remember, even if you took a, a spike like that, you could get hit, get downed, but if you, you could still save it and get the ball back in the air, and hopefully your partner would hit it back up and you'd come back and spike back. Uh, but you also had a spike where you could just annihilate everybody on the fucking court, and it was, there was no saving it. And I can't remember how you did that, but. One of the coolest things about that game was you got to pick your teams, right? Well, one of the teams was fucking uh, Billy and Jimmy Lee from Double Dragon. You could fucking get Billy and Jimmy Lee from Double Dragon. And uh, speaking of Double Dragon, that was one of my favorite games. Double Dragon 2, that was, man, I loved that game. Uh, it was my first experience with the side-scrolling beat-em-up. Beat the side-scrolling beat-em-up genre, which I arguably still am a huge fan of. I don't think they still call it that, but for instance, Devil May Cry was to me the first successful beat 'em up style game in uh 3D. Uh that's just me. I I and I played Shining Force or whatever that game was back on PS1, but I didn't like it that much. Anyway, Double Dragon. Uh you literally walked around and beat the shit out of people, man. Bad guys, not just random people. Bad guys. They kidnapped your girlfriend. Uh, you could fucking punch them in the face, and if they had a weapon, they would drop it. You could pick the weapon up and use it against them. Like It introduced a lot of the shit that's still around today. Uh, you could do two players on the screen at the same time and just go through and just wreck people. Uh, just such a simple concept, but it's just, it's one of those foundational game genres or games in general. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, and if you haven't seen, you, you should go up and go and look up the box art for Double Dragon 2. The Revenge, I think it's what it's called. To me, there's not been another box art that's as epic. Just saying. It's badass. What else did I play? Uh, I played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. That was a good side-scroller beat-em-up. And you could use the Konami code. It got you 99 lives, I think. Which you could do that. You could beat that game without the 99 lives. Uh, 
but that game was fun. It was all for the turtles in the arcade style beat 'em up, but it was an NES port. It was pretty epic. It was pretty epic. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Holy shit. I was obsessed with that game. Oh, man. Oh. It was... Basically, you were, you were just this little guy fighting all these big-ass dudes trying to become the, the champion. And each character that you fought was so fucking unique for the most part there were a couple of clones with some different moves but uh or with the same moves but just little slight differences but just figuring out how to beat everybody was so fun that was the puzzle was how do you beat this fucking asshole and then when you got to mike tyson oh my god that dude i remember just being so overwhelmed because he would knock you out just with one hit that was he was the boss of the game one fucking punch you were out Shit was crazy, dude. Shit was crazy. Dudes and dudettes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Battletoads was a side-scroller beat-em-up that I liked a lot. Uh, really, that game was hard. It got really hard later in the later levels. Matter of fact, I don't think I beat it, to be honest with you. I don't think I beat that game. I think I got to the tower, the final tower once, and just was like, fuck this. Uh... Let's see. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. I loved that game. I couldn't be that one. I think I was just too young. I don't know. It, it might be. It could be that it's just really hard too. But I never could figure out where to fucking go. And I would like to go back to play that actually. Because Symphony of the Night, which is Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, is a... That one had some trickery, you know, you had to figure out where to go and all that, and I figured that out just fine. But I was an adult at that point, so maybe that's what it is. But the soundtrack in Castlevania 2, fucking badass. Uh, I remember just the gameplay not being, in, there wasn't anything amazing about it, just the fact that you had this whip, which was like a longer, you had a, this longer melee weapon, longer than you've seen in any other games, you were just fucking smacking fucking mermen and werewolves and bats and zombies and all kinds of shit and the music was badass but i never could beat that game uh mega man 2 i don't even need to talk about mega man 2 everybody knows that shit's legendary that was one of my favorites uh i, I gotta say that mario brothers 2 i want to mention that because everybody talks about mario 3 and i get it mario 3 was good I can't hate on it. They they really stepped the game up. But man, my favorite was Mario Brothers 2. And I, I wonder why they went away from that formula. Or why they didn't take more from it. Because you could pick Mario, Luigi, Toad, or Princess. And they all had different play styles. They all had different abilities. And you didn't, you didn't stomp on the enemy's heads to kill them. You had to fucking grab them and pick them up and throw them. At other enemies to kill them. That shit was badass. Ah, oh, and the boss fights were cool. You fucking... I remember, I can think the first boss of the game, this dude shoots fucking eggs at you out of his face, and you jump in the air to dodge it, land on the egg, pick the egg up, and throw it back at him. How did they get away from that? That was so cool. Anyway. Uh, 
I I can't think of anything else. I mean, I could if I really sat down and sat down and started listing things out, I'm sure I could get more. But uh this the long story short is <clears throat> started out with an LCD, electronic LCD game and uh then went into the NES console and the NES console was Oh, you know what? I did think of another game. I have to mention it. I have to. California Games. Holy shit. My sister, my little sister actually played the fuck out of this game with me. This game was... uh, You know, I actually think Milton Bradley published it, which I don't even know if they still exist, but Milton Bradley was this toy company, I think. Or toy brand, whatever. They published this game. And this game had a bunch of mini games in it. So you had BMX, roller skating, half pipe, surfing, hacky sack, frisbee. Uh, there may be more I'm forgetting, but you get the point. Uh, the music was great. I I think it's impossible for somebody to hear the music from the roller skating uh, mini game and not fucking bob your head or tap your foot or something. But... Each game had its own little controls and it was in-depth enough to like really uh, challenge you to beat all the levels. And beating the levels weren't good enough. You wanted the high score so you could compete with your friends and your cousins and whatever. Uh, that game had huge replay value. Uh, and, you know, I think... I think that... Uh, And I haven't played games in years. I'm I'm just saying, but I did kind of notice this trend of the whole like, game uh, companies. Kind of fucking you nowadays on the whole replay value thing, and you just wanting to unlock trophies. Uh, people wanting taking taking advantage of people that are, are like trophy heads, trophy hunters, and kind of making that the replay value. I don't know, but. I remember games kind of like not being developed to make you want to play them over again, like giving you extra shit or giving you a reason to or whatever. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, closing statement. Whoever's listening to this, I'm sure uh, not a lot of listening right now. This is the beginning stages of this. But later on, even no matter how far we get with this podcast series, for this episode, tell me about your favorite games from your earliest gaming memories. I want to hear about I want to hear your shit. Hatori Donzo out.